Welcome to Where's the Nuance with myself, El Nino. This podcast is a little bit different today um, because normally I have a topic of mind and you know I come to it. Today I'm actually kind of addressing the fact that one of you guys said something to me in my DMs. It was regarding the episode I made in the, about the, my experience at the Warsaw Caves in Ontario and kind of confronting the idea that really to find meaning is to find meaning in nothing, like in the purposelessness. Like when I give up the idea that I need to have, everything has to have a meaning, life seems to feel more meaningful. And they asked, okay, look, it's all fine and dandy that you know you do a good job of explaining something, I guess, intellectually for you guys around why when we give up the idea of finding purpose, it allows us to be more present and it's in that presence that the present moment gives me us more satisfaction, more uh, depth, more brevity, and that's really a more meaningful or purposeful life is being present and letting go of our attachment or need to always need an answer to why the hell am I even doing this? You know, what's the point of this? What's the point of that? But he wanted me to explain, and so I'm gonna explain to you guys how that works in my life. Um, you know, how is this, it's all nice. Yeah, how does it actually work in my own life? I think in my own life, look, it's not that I don't have goals. It's not that I don't, I'm not following my passions towards something greater. It's not that I don't have a vision of the future in which I could imagine myself playing, wearing many hats, let's say, playing many roles. I do have all of these things. And in some ways, those things are very meaningful to me. But I'll be honest, I don't walk around, I don't wake up in the morning and think to myself, ah, oh, yes, 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 I'm like, that's what I'm moving towards, that's what I'm doing. I actually find that redundant. I, I do understand that there's some people out there who, who would encourage you to do that. Every morning you have to speak this into existence. I, I find that if you're still at that point, that's fine. But at a certain level, if, if you're still feeling the need um, to speak it into existence, it probably reflects an insecurity regarding the actions you're taking. Um, and this is, so when you already have goals, habits, and discipline structures that you know are connected to that larger vision, to those long-term goals that will help you enact the short-term goals to support this potential vision that you have that is meaningful and purposeful to you, the best way then to enact that is then, like in my own life, is then to let go of it. I wake up and I simply do the things before me. I know what I have to do. I wake up, <sighs> open my blinds, and then I meditate because I know that meditation is an integral part of my self-expansion journey, my spiritual development, of which are things that in my future vision are very important to me. I, I do see myself at this rate continually developing myself spiritually and my awareness to such a point that I can really be an aid and a guide in a, in, a, in, a, in a meaningful context in the future. What exactly that will look like is really up to God and time and fate. However, I know that the practice that's most integral to that for me and that aspect of my vision is my meditation journey. Uh, and really it's the direct experience with the divine. It's the direct shedding of skins and layers that program us to forget who we are. And as we release ourselves from that. That's what moves me closer and closer towards self-realization. But again, the point is I don't wake up and think I need to become self-realized. That would be distracting to my meditation. If I sat in meditation 
I gotta be self-realized, man. I got, I, I gotta be self-realized. I gotta shed my. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a conducive mental environment to meditate. The same can be said for even working out. In fact, we actually have the scientific studies that have demonstrated that working out is most effective when people have a, a very good mind-body connection, aka they are directing their attention towards exactly the movement that they're doing. When you do a bicep curl, you really, really imagine, you're really there, you're bringing your awareness there. It's, and I would argue, right, it's, and that would be, and that's the best way to support that practice. So in that sentiment, then I would argue that the most effective way for us to achieve our purpose and support the, the disciplines, the habits, the lifestyle that's leading towards that meaningful purpose or vision that we may have is to let go of it in the mind and arrive presently to whatever lies before us. And in that episode, I, I did also mention the fact that some of the things that we do won't always feel directly tied towards that chosen purpose, let's say. Um, I worked as a bartender for many years. Um, I never necessarily saw my bartending job as part of my grand purpose in life, but I found meaning in it because when I was present enough and I wasn't stressed out about the work environment um, that wasn't really conducive to my mental health, when I was present, I was able to make some really meaningful connections with, with patrons that would come in. Funny, many oftentimes I would find myself in an almost, <laughs> in a very similar role that I now have in my coaching business, you know, really listening to people, really holding space for them you know, and pouring them a drink. Uh, and, and that was meaningful. And that and those experiences, well, I think it actually did support this vision and what I'm doing now because it gave me a capacity and a practice to talk with people from all sorts of uh, life, you know, people whom I don't normally interact with, you know, 50-year-old investment bankers worth millions of dollars. And there I am, you know, connecting with them in a meaningful way because I am letting go of an expectation of, Oh, this isn't my purpose, and I'm just arriving there, here and now. Well, there and now, but you know, the, in the here and now, so to speak, at the moment. Um, so these are the ways I think in which I find my purpose in giving up my purpose. It's not so much that I simply drift in the wind, and I have no structured life. In fact, I think the presupposition or the foundation for that you ought to have for you to actually truly find meaning in no meaning is to have a set of habits, routines, structure that supports goals at the very least that you like. You might not need it. You don't need a vision. You don't need it right now if that's not what you have. Um, but at the very least, you, you should hopefully start working towards your core values. Um, there's many ways to do this. One of the ways is to work with someone like myself who's an expert in helping individuals uncover the unconscious behavior patterns that might be limiting their conscious awareness of who they truly are. Um, you could do that. You could spend years meditating. You could, you know, do self-knowledge, self-inquiry. There's many methods um, to come to your core values. Obviously, I'm extremely biased, and I'm going to recommend <laughs> myself. But there are many ways to do it on your own as well. They just take a certain level of <laughs> nuanced observation because many of us 
you know, we become very attached. That's why meditation is so integral. It's the practice that helps you let go of the attachment. But where, when you're still attached to a false concept of who you are, you're going to mis you're often going to make mistakes around what you think your core values are. But when you can come to these core values, it's from them, from them that you can then begin to imagine future scenarios and that lead to, that lead to a lifestyle or a life that has those values in place, you know, because that's truly what's going to give your individual life meaning. Each one of us, for each one of us, it's going to differ, but for each one of us, the similarity is a meaningful life has to be a life that reflects our own core values. I do believe that at the core of each human life, there is a sense of oneness and as such and as such a lot of those values will inevitably look the same but some of them will look different someone like me creative expression is one of those values that for me if i don't have in my life i don't think i can live i know a bit <laughs> a bit dramatic but again that's the nature of who i am um and for someone else creative expression might be very low on their list of values they don't need a creative outlet every single day for them to feel joy, peace, meaning, purpose. So finding these core values is essential for each individual. Once you find these core values, you then can start establishing discipline practices around them that support these values, right? And the goals that arise from these values. When you're at that point, then finding meaning and no meaning is easy because like, you know, or like just letting go of the idea of needing to have a purpose because in a way your routines and your structures and your discipline is the purpose, but you can allow the mind to shut up while you do it now because you've already taken that intentional time to sort through yourself, come to those values, come to these routines. And eventually, you know, as we continually grow and develop, you'll find that up oh, some of those things maybe aren't still aligned, but some of those things you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. Um, for myself, for instance, I've always, I've started writing when I was like, well, like a little kid, I started like short stories when I was in elementary school, but like writing, writing, like 13, 14, I really started to write a lot of poetry. Um, then like uh, in my teenage years, I started to write hip hop music because it was the music of my culture and in terms of like my friend group, the music with the us guys listened to and I loved it. And my best friend Khalil was this amazing freestyle artist. So he really inspired me to try. And that's, and then, you know, I became hip hop artist and I was releasing music and this became part of my identity. And it felt like music was something I needed to create every day. As I kind of evolved and perhaps some of the, some of the themes that I had been previously kind of talking about it in my own music felt now shallow and a little bit, mm, dissonant, no longer connecting with myself. Music took a back seat, but poetry arose more, writing arose more, uh, writing, uh, you know, podcasting, whatever it was. And I think in that development, you know, I go, okay, so the, the thing that stayed the same was creative expression, but I didn't necessarily like my deep core value was not like, I need to be making music and releasing music. Cause I mean, that's not true. Even as a, like as a little kid, I wasn't necessarily like a super talented musician or, or a singer or anything like that. However, from the moment I was a kid, I needed creative outlets, creative expression. And the reason I bring up this example is just kind of to highlight how in my own life, something that I once thought was a 
like, oh, I need to do this. I need to put out music. Well, okay, maybe I just didn't grasp maybe the more generality regarding it. And I, and I think that's really good for all of us to consider because when we get hung up or attached to one specific job, role, or outcome of our lives, we can become lost. We can fall to the folly of, you know, rigid thinking, dogma, <laughs> which this podcast hopefully is helping shed a little bit, helping to broaden your awareness, helping to create some nuance here. You know, I think I've seen more people suffer, or again, this is just the nature of my life because I've always been an artist who's been pursuing his dream, so I've been around a lot of artists. I've witnessed many individuals suffer from their obsessive, rigid purpose. One specific outcome that they're looking to get, and perhaps they haven't yet seen that maybe it's not meant for them that their skills and or being just aren't lining up to the market demands needed <laughs> to be that specific thing. And, and within that rigidity, they fail to be present enough to see what else might call to them. What else within the larger framework of, let's say, creative expression might be more appropriate um, for their manner, skill, willingness, et cetera, et cetera. <sighs> Coming back to purpose, right, I just, I always try to tell people, it's like, if you were suddenly dropped in a society where different jobs existed, you know, like, let's say I was dropped, let's use me as an example, because I'm here, if I was suddenly in a tribal group in the Amazons, right, perhaps my ancestors, really in Colombia, but I was still this being, right, dropped the socialization, well, what would that guy's purpose be? I, w I would still argue that psychologically and spiritually, you have an essence to you, right? There's this core essence of who you are. As such, I would still be able to find a meaningful purpose within that group and tribe. However, it just might not be as a um, whatever the hell it is that I am, as a spiritual coach, content creator, actor, poet. It might not look exactly like those roles do in our modern society. But I would almost bet, given my experience diving into the depths of my psyche through psychedelics and being quite a little psychonaut and knowing that the role of like, you know, a uh, shaman exists back then, perhaps I would have been attracted to a role like that or some kind of role like that. I'm also quite a physical person. I love uh, moving my body. So again, maybe just the needs of that tribe would have been like, they just need a hunter. And I would have been like, that's dope. And I would have found creative ways to express hunting and used my mind in a creative manner to hunt because maybe that's just the needs of the time. And I, I hope the I hope this example isn't becoming pedantic. The, the point of it was just to say that don't alienate yourself from the possibility that the specific job or role that you want isn't the only thing that could be your very, very meaningful purpose because there's many variations of you, I guarantee, like, you know, living in some alternate universe or space and time where those job, that job that you're obsessing about doesn't even exist. And you're more than that one job. Your purpose is larger than just one job. And that's how I see it for myself. Somebody had asked me in a comment, it felt a little bit pernicious, but perhaps I'm just projecting here, where they were like, um, okay, like if you didn't have this role here, if you didn't coaching or, you know, creating content, like what would you do with yourself? Um, again, I forget the specific wording, but if you'd read it, 
you'd understand. They felt a little bit like they were trying to be smart asses. Um, but I said the, they'd probably do something along the same things. Like even if I wasn't who I am today, I'm an extremely expressive and creative individual. I'm very emotional and sensitive. I love exploring my psyche. These things wouldn't change just because the job or role that I'm doing changes, but perhaps I would find a different avenue to explore these things. And then again, when it comes to exploring these things, the most effective way for me to do those things to the best of my capacity as a human being would be to drop the obsession with the broader purpose or meaning and simply be present in whatever it is that I'm doing. And this is what I encourage for every individual, for my clients, for you listening, for anyone and every human. It's that while there are moments in time to do the inner work, the introspective contemplation, the working with a coach, a therapist to come to your core values and understand who the hell you are, who the heck are you? <laughs> There's a moment in time for that. When it comes to everyday life, like the 24-hour 20, the cycle, just drop it. <laughs> Be here now. Arrive totally. When you do that, the meaning of life, the purpose of life becomes clear. The meaning of life, when I step outside my building today, is mm, to take that breath, open my eyes, mm, look at the sun. That was the meaning. Because I could die in that instant, you know, and that's the meaning. Like, like, do you there's almost a, re a relinquishing of control in this thought. Surrender your little human mind's attachment and need to create meaning in everything. And this really is a huge aspect of at least my meditative practice. It's, and Krishnamurti talks about this a lot. It's like, oh my goodness, drop your concepts for just like a second. Can you, can you, can you get to a point where you experience your senses, touch, sense, even joy, pleasure, all of those things without calling it those things can you just be those things can you embody your life it's a whole nother level of living and honestly i can't i can't describe it in a, you have to do it and you will get to that point if you put in the work where you learn to silence your mind it's so funny because before you're there your ego and your sense of self will tell you like, ew, what the heck? Like, that's a dangerous, don't do that. Like, if you silence your mind, what will you become? There's this fear of dropping the, the illusory self. And the illusory self, the ego, the conception, the thing that holds us will be like, don't do it, you're gonna lose your mind, da da da. Like, <laughs> no, you'll lose yourself. You'll lose that self that always feels the need to label, to judge, to ascribe a value, a word, a concept to everything that you're experiencing which is unnecessary. Like there's a time and place when you're developing, when you're learning a word, when you don't know language yet, but you, for the adults listening, you know how to, like, you know what things are. You can now let go of needing to always label, value, judge. And like life becomes truly different. Like it's like a, it's just better. I mean, <laughs> in my humble, subjective perspective, when you drop the labeling, you drop the judgments, you drop the purpose, and you just arrive at every moment in your life with a kind of blissful surrender. And again, that doesn't mean apathy. It doesn't mean um, disconnected. In fact, it's so connected, you're not questioning 
oh, what is this experience? What do you mean? You're having the experience. <laughs> Just trust. Come, come inside. Drop into your body. Feel. And again, that was a big one for me to learn. That in a way, I because I had mistaken feeling with emotion and like you have to you feel your emotions you feel energy and motion but because I used to be someone very attached to the emotional narratives of my life when I began my mindfulness journey I was like oh I need to drop emotions drop feeling come into my spirit which I like you know spiritual eye like and I kind of started to come into my my intellect my mind a lot actually um so it's been a big a, it was a big learning curve actually be like no that wasn't totally the right way it's great to develop your mind do not get me wrong. It's actually highly recommended. And it's a huge part of uh, like yoga in many ways. Develop your mind. However, when you if you really want to gain like, you know, what we're talking about, the feeling of having purpose and meaning in life, that comes from dropping into your body and feeling everything without the concepts, without the attachments, without the value, without the stories, without the purpose, but just feeling life embodied within Wow. It's such a better way to live. <laughs> it's a better way to suffer, ironically, too. You know, because again, there's this, uh, for instance, when people become, when we suffer and our reaction is to like want to drop into the mind and be like, oh, that's a safe place. Actually, it's not. <laughs> it like might be temporarily um, because you think that, you know, like, oh, yeah, the, the mind, it's taking me away. And it might be if you're like a child, for instance, and your psyche is not quite developed yet. Um, but as an adult, uh, would, it, it's not because the pain that you end up creating from having been in the mind and, and inevitably creating a story around the suffering you're experiencing will cause you more pain in the long run than simply like surrendering to the experience of suffering in a moment without value judgments, without values, without stories about what's happening and just like being embodied in your body while inevitably you suffer is actually the way that you end up finding more meaning in that suffering, the way that you might find the purpose of the suffering, because by being so attentive to whatever is going on in that moment of life, that transitional period, that breakup, whatever it is, that you really sit with yourself. You get to feel the depth of your emotions. You feel your impulses. You feel your shadow. You feel your patterns in such a way that you're like, oh my God, no, I'm, this is an opportunity for growth, which truly most suffering often is as much as it's ugh, annoying to hear that, because I know when I was suffering, I definitely didn't want to hear that. But hearing it enough times from enough people helped me. Anyways, this was an episode on dropping purpose to find purpose. The nuances regarding, well, finding meaning in everyday life, knowing that your everyday life is connected to that broader vision. Um, and yeah. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I really, really uh, ask that you guys just rate the podcast five stars. I mean, if you enjoyed the episode. If you didn't enjoy it, just no problem. Just don't rate it anything, please. Uh, and with that, thank you so much. My name is Esteban Nino Palacio. I love doing this. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I know your time is precious, and I'm honored to share it with you. Please give the podcast five stars and follow us to stay updated. We look forward to seeing you here now next time for Where's the Nuance?